Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for a peculiar podcast. In your wildest dreams, you could not imagine the marvelous surprises that await you. Hosted by Pat Cashman. He had taken his bodybuilding as far as he could. After winning a record seventh Mr. Olympia title, he retired. And back by his side, Lisa Foster. As a child, her ambition was to become a dancer. As good fortune would have it, she became a princess instead. Broadcasters turned rogue podcasters. It's <laughs> just a real nice surprise. They're back and on demand. Just press a button. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. <laughs> Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Yeehaw! Can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. It's love and time. And we are underway, I believe. I hope we don't hit any rocks this time. Uh, I'm Pat, and that's Lisa right there, the one who is yet to speak. There she goes. Yes, hello. There she goes. Uh, here we are like a week ago now, almost, since Election Day. And uh, I thought of a way I wanted to do a, a political ad, if anyone will ever hire me to produce one for them. Isn't it a little late for that? Well, no, I think we'll have a further elections later. I, I mean, I don't think that was the final election well, I understand time. that, but you So I'm making plans okay, down the road. that's a good idea, I suppose. And, and so I'd like to see a candidate using soft lens in his ads, you know, oh, really the yes. soft lens, yes. but then wearing them in debates. I mean, he insists <laughs> on the soft lens no matter where he is, even when he makes public appearances. He yes. has has like a little screen in front of him that's attached to his head. That's not that a bad idea. And the reason I thought of this the other day, and... and and you must have noticed this, and it must be in, in her contract, that the anchor of ABC News, Diane Sawyer, oh, always yes. has a soft lens. Yes, she does. And What's with Bar- that? Doesn't Barbara Walters have one, too? Mm, I don't know about I, that. They I call it the Vaseline lens because it's supposed but to. It's a, but, I mean, you never see her, Diane no. Sawyer. In without sharp, the soft lens. Sharp, yeah. There's yeah. nothing. And I think it makes she must think. Well, it makes me look younger than I really am, which is in her mid sixties now. Here's the thing. What if she doesn't have a soft lens? What if that's no, just actually, how she looks? Well, I know that'd be pretty cool if yeah. she did. But I got online, of course, and googled that, and of course, it's not an industry secret that she has that. Oh, okay. But I wondered how you you put that into your contract. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, I Gene Anderson doesn't even have that in her contract, <laughs> no. I don't think. But Dennis Bounds does. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, and Jeff Renner, of course. Oh, my gosh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Anyway, I have no further comment on that except that I thought, hmm, so this is part of the negotiation of your contract. I want this much money, I want these many days off, and I will never, ever, ever be shot without a soft lens. Sure. Even if I'm doing, uh, you know, if I'm on the scene down in, in a hurricane, I still have to have the soft lens or I'm out. Yeah. Those are my terms. Can't you put anything you want in your contract? I suppose. It's just up to somebody to say, no, That's we're, we're not going to do it. And why wouldn't they do it? What, well, why I would know, they, but it, Why would they deny you the soft lens? Well, it just seems so vain to me that you, sure. would, you would insist on that. But, of course, that's the business. That right. is what that of business course. is all about. As soon as somebody perceives, gee, you know, look, she's looking kind of wrinkly and old. <laughs> We better replace her. You know. Or she better move to radio. And, of course, women are always held to a different standard than men are. Oh, yes, we are. Except, as you said, for Dennis Bounds and, <laughs> and uh, Jeff Renner. Right. Well, 
uh, Veterans Day uh, is uh, is is happening. When, when, see, today, now, the day we're dropping this episode. Oh, yeah, okay, it's yeah, today. This episode is okay. uh, at Veterans Day. You see the Armistice flags everywhere. Mm-hmm. Do kids get Veterans Day off? I, I don't. Yeah, it's a national holiday. Yeah, but I don't think they get school off, do they? I, I don't know for sure. If it's a national holiday, isn't... Well, not all. I mean, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that they should get the day off. Labor Day and Fourth of July and things like that. Wait a minute. Why should school kids get Labor Day off and not Veterans Day? I don't know. It's not the. It's not. It is not that level of a of a holiday. The holidays are all not created equal. Is what I'm saying. Well, kids. Uh, kids should be in school anyway. They're, they aren't veterans. They take a lot of time off anyway, so you're right. Let me yeah, look it do. up and see. Yeah, look it up. I don't know. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. this was uh, originated back in 1919. Mm-hmm. It was uh, at the end of World War One, And, uh, of course, I guess we can all remember what we were doing oh, when that I war do. broke I out. Do too. And so they declared it Armistice Day. So I guess that would have been in the Wilson administration, November 11th, 1919. And uh, and it's been it's been celebrated, if that is the correct way to put it i guess observed really observed yeah uh you know to honor our our veterans Mm -hmm. and i looked up some numbers on the amount of veterans that we have i i'm i was didn't realize this this seems huge to me i had no idea but the number of military veterans in the united states um last year as of last year was 21.5 million that are that have ever been in the military right military veterans they're not active the number of female military veterans very, very small percentage of that. 1.6 million female veterans. Yeah, Will but I you... bet that number is shifting now uh, in more recent years. You're, you're taking in the aggregate of all of the veterans that are living now right. going back to World War II. Exactly. So uh, I, I think we're seeing, starting to see a lot more women are you, in the um, military. Were you ever a soldier? Were you Well, a... kind of. I was a Boy Scout. Does that count? I think so. I think that <laughs> is there counts. Such, is there such a thing as a Boy Scout veteran? They have the Explorer Scouts uh, that I think are kind of like, uh, well, they're not military either, but I think they're, when I was at least in Boy Scouts, if you got to be an Explorer Scout, you were sort of on the path to becoming a, a member of the military. You could. You, really? I think so. That is, that's the basis for training our military? No, no, is, no. Is I'm just telling Scouts? you about the Boy Scouts. Okay. That, that's There's uh, obviously other ways of going about it. All right. When I, uh, w- no, I never served in the military. Uh, my brother Sean has, and, uh, and <laughs> he, uh, my brother Sean is the greatest. He is just a uh, rebel. He's a, he's a firebrand and a, and a troublemaker, and he hates authority. He can't stand well, it. That's... So how he found himself <laughs> in the Navy, I, I will never know. And, and he doesn't how did he know. Do? He didn't. He spent the, he spent a lot of time in the brig. He really did. <laughs> He was always. This was a direct quote from him. One time, one time a, uh, a, a supervising, you know, an officer that was uh, was entitled to tell him what to do, tried to tell him what to do one time, and Sean said, "Quote, bite the wall, sergeant, or something like wow. that." Wow. Yeah. He but, must not have. Well, this was the Navy, so whatever. He must not have been.
been a Boy Scout before he got in the Navy, right? No. He well, he actually he Navy. actually was an Eagle Scout, and he has this uh, he has this kind of this kind of uh, attitude about his life. He says, "Yeah, yeah, I was uh, the only thing I ever accomplished in life was that I was a he became an Eagle Scout." And so now I've got this thing that says I'm an Eagle Scout, and it's signed by Richard Nixon. <laughs> Great, <laughs> yeah, that's him. But I said, so well, how how he, did you, how did you get away from being in the military? You were of age uh, when the yes. Vietnam War was was yeah. going on in the sixties. Well, well, I how did you get out of that? Well, like a lot of people my age, uh, we weren't really down with that war and why we right. were fighting in the first place. But but if I had been drafted, I would have. I'm sure I would have gone, but. I wouldn't, you know, park, take, jump in the car and drive to Canada. How did the draft work? I mean, so how? Well, when I was when I was uh, of age, as you say, uh, they had a lottery. And you oh, might right, remember right, this. Right. They had exactly. a draft lottery, so that you stood your chance. You could either get a number one, which meant it's based on your birthday, and then, right. so so mine was September sixteenth, and it worked out that I came in, and I can still remember the number. I was two oh seven. What does that mean? Out of 365 oh, days. Oh, Maybe there's it. even 366 if they count leap years. Okay. But so that was not, that wasn't as good as being 364, for example, but it meant that more than likely I would not be drafted. Plus, I had a college uh, deferment. I was going to college at the time, so. That doesn't seem fair that if well, you were it born in January. Fair, but, what, but what would be fair? If you were born in January, just a, just a real random lottery. Everybody goes in regardless of their no. I, I don't think birthday. you. I don't think you understood how it worked. I don't understand how they it would works. put. They would put all the days and months of the year in this big. Right. I don't know how they did the drawing. Okay. It's just as random as it can be, well, like any other. You just said drawing. because your birthday was in September that you were f- September less si- likely. September sixteenth came up two hundred and seventh. And so anybody born September 16th would have had a 207 okay. number. Okay, so all right. If you were in the ages of, say, between 18, let's say, and 26. That's uh, just crazy that the luck of the luck of yeah. the draw. No, it's not and, fair, but then you say, well, what is fair? I mean, what was also not fair is that the preponderance of guys being drafted uh, beyond the lottery were, were black. People exactly. of color, you know. And and poor, too. And poor, yeah. And they didn't have any choice. They couldn't go to college. And, and right. uh, so off they right. went. So there, there's no, no fair way to do it. But uh, that was, as they say, luck of the draw uh, uh, all for right. me. So no school for uh, Seattle, uh, oh. Seattle school districts for Veterans Day. God, I wish I was in school. Yeah. Oh, that's so, too bad. Uh, yeah. Well, when I was a kid, we had a Veterans Day parade every year. I think it was on Veterans Day. It may have been um, another parade of another time, but my memory of it is that there would be other sorts of things. There'd be ponies going by and all of this thing, and then they would have a contingent of veterans mm-hmm. that would walk by in the parade. In full uniform. Yes, in full uniform. Uh, dress uniform because you have a different... Uh... Often often that's full salute. Yes. And, and I'm old enough, and I can remember this. This is back in the 50s. Uh, that there would be guys walking along, and my dad would point them out. There was only maybe, you know, as few as four or five. But these were old, old men that actually served in the uh, Spanish-American War. Wow. In in 1898. Wow. That was us intervening in in, uh, the Cuban War of Independence. And so these men were still around, hobbling down the street, 
And then, uh, and then, of course, that meant that a lot there were a lot of World War One vets walking along, mm-hmm. and a real big number of World War Two people. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think there's any World War One veterans left Probably at all. Not, yeah. And and the and the numbers of those that served in the Second World War are dying literally by the hundreds every day. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's very few of them left because these are these are men and and a few women right in their eighties and nineties now. So it. But so I think it's wonderful that there is this day that uh, that honors them. It ought to be it ought to be any number of days, really, every day of the year. But absolutely. But this but this formal day where we honor them, I think, is a pretty dang cool thing. Absolutely. So we do salute the veterans and and thank you. And I just looked it up here. Frank Buckles, the last of the four million seven hundred thirty-four thousand nine hundred eighty-one Americans in World War One passed away in February of last year. Oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves. Now, here's a, here's, here's a thing of mine, and you can disagree with me on this. I, um, I have, uh, I guess I'm a little bit like my brother Sean, in some ways, that I uh, don't, that somebody said something, there's a quote that goes something like, Oh, I, I remember it. Uh, it was from uh, the Life of Johnson, a book written by a guy named James Boswell, about Samuel Johnson. And Samuel Johnson is quoted in this book as saying, "Patriotism is the last refuge of a scoundrel." In other words, that people will will run up the patriotism uh, card when all else fails. And I think we, I really felt we felt that during after nine eleven. When if you sure. if anybody said anything that was deemed to be mm-hmm. uh, unpatriotic, you know you you you're you were, on the side of the terrorists. Yeah, yeah. You want the yeah, terrorists to right, win. Why don't right. you leave this country? Right. And and that's I've always bristled at that sort of thing. Yeah. As well as people that said support you know support the military, um, and to me supporting the military didn't mean supporting the war. Right. It, and, exactly. And, but it, it, it for some people it had to be either. The same thing, and it's not the same thing. No, it's not the same thing. In fact, I I feel more supportive of the military than ever when they're serving in a war that I that don't agree with. That they're not that crazy about in many cases, I'm sure. Absolutely, but, yeah. Uh, my uh, son, my oldest son Cam, is in the army, and he has been since the early '90s. In fact, he's been in the army so long hmm. that uh, he served in the first Gulf War. Wow. And I and I'll never forget that time and I don't know if you and I were working together yet at that time. But No, cuz that was the late 80s, right? No, it was no, the or, or no, mid 80s, the first Gulf War. No, it was the early 90s. 90, oh, early 90s. 91, I believe. No, we were. Yeah, we just started working together. Had we? Yeah. And I can remember that he had just he had dropped out of college and he then he just told us, "Hey mom and dad, I I joined the army." Did didn't, you know, say, well, "What do you think about that?" He just decided I, I blew it in school. I'm going to join the army. And you, and so, felt, uh... and so there he was. He was already in boot camp when we, when he told us this. Wow. And uh, so he just gets out of boot camp, and just gets deployed. I mean, he then he is like it's the timing is exactly when he's out of boot camp. Boom, off he goes mm-hmm. to the Gulf War, and we didn't know with certainty that he had. We didn't hear from him for six weeks. Wow. Not a word. We had to assume that he went because we could, couldn't get in touch with him. And so he was among that very first phalanx of uh, hmm. soldiers in the Army 
with the 82nd Airborne that went in. Terribly and, frightening time because we hadn't been in war no. for a couple of decades. Well, not only that, but and, if you remember the times we heard these stories about Saddam Hussein's mm-hmm. Republican Army and how formidable they were mm-hmm. and that there, that we could fully expect uh, numbers of our soldiers to come home in body bags. And so when Cam, that's his name, Cam, when he finally comes home, uh, we met him at the airport after the the war was over and all of that. Uh, and it went, as you know, very quickly. Uh, he told us that he had been issued a single uniform um, for the whole time that he was there. Because Just one set of clothes? That's what mean? he said. In other words, that, well, let's, let's not invest in a bunch of clothes for these guys because they're probably going to oh come home in body God, bags anyway. Really? Yeah, that's what Jeez. he said. And I don't know if that was just his perception or if that's really how it was. But that's how grim it was at oh the time. Goodness. Then when it actually happened, he said, he, he described it this way. He said, we we shot a, a rocket towards a bunch of, of uh, Iraqis uh, that were standing on this ridge. And the, the rocket exploded behind them. And then they immediately their hands went up. One rocket wow. and everybody's hands surrendered. That's it. We're they done. Immediately, yeah, we're done. I always, you know, I, I always felt protected being a female that I would not be um, in a position where I would have to go to war if I didn't feel like it. I always felt um, kind of sorry for guys just because you were born a guy and the draft mm-hmm. happened. You had no choice. If they told you to go, go. And I just can't imagine if anybody had said to me, you got to go. Here's a gun. I, I would end up out in the middle of the field crying, going with the gun, sitting there crying with a gun, going, well, I don't. I, that's what I would do. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I don't think myself that I'm well suited in my in my whole uh, growing up experience to be like a marksman. You know, I, I just I don't think I would. Do you think it's because of your temperament or just because you have bad eyes? Well, that there's that. I, I would be legally blind, I suppose. So they wouldn't have me out you know sharp sharpshooting uh with contact lenses those you get some dust in those and and this was before lasik surgery which i've had since but um so i think they would kept a guy like me back maybe making a stew back in the, back in the mess or something potato peeler yeah how but, high did those guys go by the way in rank how high could a potato peeler go in the military i think you're pretty much seen as a potato peeler that's it i don't think colin powell ever peeled potatoes well norman schwartz really i thought they had to start somewhere well i guess you do but uh the 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 guys that make their way up to be you know big generals and that kind of thing they aren't the guys that just you know entered as a volunteer generals or were drafted they went to military school maybe they went to west point or or Annapolis or, or wherever. So they're on the path to big things in the military right. before uh, before they even start. But anyway, we, uh, we uh, offer kudos to all veterans today, those who are active and those who are uh, have served already. Thanks, yeah, thanks for your service, regardless of where it was. Um, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't likely be here without them. Very true. Thank you. Now, I understand that you uh, have uh, acquired a sponsor for this podcast, which is startling beyond all understanding. I, I, I just never thought this day would come. I know. And it happened purely by accident. Well, I don't care how it happened, just so that it happened. We're going to go with it. We and this is not, a, not one of those fake sponsors like no. we sometimes do. This is a real 
uh, entity here. This is a this is a real sponsor, and um, so do I just say should I say Peculiar Pod or this portion of Peculiar, or maybe I should just say the entire show of Peculiar Podcast is sponsored by the best portion of Peculiar Podcast, which probably hasn't happened yet. Right, right, is sponsored is by. sponsored by Events and Adventures, and I know you've heard of this. Uh, yeah, I have. This company, you you've actually uh, been a customer, right? Um, a member, I guess you would say. A member, yeah. Okay. Oh my goodness, the dogs! What are they doing? Yeah, they're, All right, they're just—they're seeing that we're having some pictures taken here, and the flash is getting. Oh, the he, he flash! Lo- that dog there will go after anything that sparkles. He's, oh, okay. He's a, he's a nut it. for that. All right. You okay? You okay? His tail tells me he's okay. It's so waiting. I have this blurb to read for oh. from our sponsor here. All right. Yeah. Seattle, and you feel free to ask questions as we go. All right. If you have questions, I'm happy to. Yeah. What does blurb mean? I don't know. What does blurb mean? I'm just kidding. Go blurb. ahead. Hold on. Okay. Right. You have to t- slug back some... <laughs> I'm having... All right. All right. Seattle is the home of events and adventures, the nation's largest <laughs> private membership event planner for singles. I know this doesn't mean anything to you, Pat. Well, I... This means... Doesn't... Listen to this, though. This means that instead of just relying on Is this on copy cars, that you've written, by no, the way? No, I didn't write They it. provided this uh-huh. for you. Okay. This means that instead of just relying on bars and public websites for singles to meet each other. What? You can't go to those? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you just, you don't want to meet your your future husband in a bar. Well, you could. And you don't want to meet him on a website because you just never well, know what you're getting. Well, you don't know what you're getting, but you can also be surprised, right? Well, but the whole point of this is that you get to go out and do activities and then decide if they're, you know, like what right kind of, for you. Like what kind of activities? And well, where do you do these activities? These, Motels? The, they're, they're, they're interesting, often physically active events and activities oh, to widen your physically social... physically active. So they want physically social, active people. Well, not necessarily because some You just of the, said that. Often they are physically active. Often. Sometimes they aren't. Like Meaning you could most be, of the time. You could go hiking. Um, there's some hikes that are happening uh, this Sunday, as a matter of fact, at the Cedar Lakes Trail Hike. Or you could do something that's not very active, like go to the improv comedy night. Wouldn't that be fun? You could hike there. Or you could get your workout in. Have you ever played trampoline dodgeball? Uh, no, I, <laughs> I can't. Not professionally, anyway. <laughs> anyway, all three of these events are going on this week in Seattle. So you really should give Events and Adventures a call. Except I don't have their phone number. So you can go to their website and get it. And that's eventsandadventures.com. Doesn't matter how busy you are or what kinds of things you like to do. There's more than 400 events per year. That's an average of more than one a day. You should never be bored when you join Events and Adventures. So give them a call. And yeah, you're right. I was a member back in the 90s. So how did that work out? (sighs) I'm still single. But it was fun. It was really fun, and I met some lifelong friends. And I didn't. Oh, good. I didn't go to find a husband. I I went because I was really lonely when I first moved here. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know right. anything. And yeah. you never invited me to go do anything. No, so heck I, no. Heck no. So I. Just, I was so busy in my own little world. I know. I just. You would, didn't care if I had no. any friends or anything. No, so, I didn't then. So I, I. I do a little bit now. So I I did join and met some lifelong friends. I have to tell you, it's it is. They do put together amazing activities. No lie. So it was great. I never sat home bored. What are some activities that you did? Wine tasting. And wine tasting. Wine tasting, and um. And then a beer tasting. And then beer tasting, and then sailing. I tried sailing um, while wine tasting. Yeah. Um. They had comedy night. They had cooking. They had all sorts of. And because I, I it just, I don't know. There was a lot of fun stuff to do. What would be the most tawdry thing that that they might 
lineup for you. Tawdry? Yeah, I mean... Uh, you're kind of on your well, own. Well, you're making it sound like it's the campfire girls, and then, but, I mean, how do you... What do you in mean? In other words, I'm... do you just stay on first base the whole time? I can't even believe you're saying this. I just wonder. What do you mean, I... stay on first base? Okay, so you've got comedy night, yeah. and you sign up for that. <laughs> What do you mean? You, well, everybody then, goes out for comedy night. Well, that was funny. That was comedy night. See you later. Bye. What do you mean? Like, is there touch? Well, I mean, is there pinchy night? Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm is just, there French kiss night? I mean, if it, yeah, yeah. Is there French kiss night? Well, I guess that's up to you. If you find somebody you want to French, what do you even care anyway? You're married. Well, I know, but I'm curious about singles. other things. You obviously wouldn't fit in with this group. No, so. I don't know. You know what? You're probably right about that. Uh, I, since we were on the subject sort of tangentially a moment ago, I discovered, discovered something about myself. Uh-oh. I'm not a joiner. I, I, you aren't a joiner. I don't want to be you in the Elks Club. Joiner. I don't want to be in the Eagles Club. I don't want to be in the Moose Lodge. I don't want to be, I just, I just don't want to join uh, these you did, you did organizations. At wor- not even organizations, though, because I remember when we were working at, um, uh, was it Como? It was Como Radio. It and was and do, still is Como. We yeah. used to do this thing called uh, podcast. Um, par- <laughs> what was it? Parlor Trick Friday. Oh we, we, yeah. We would just want. Oh, that, that was your idea, look wasn't at it? Your face already. What? You poo pooed it so bad, and I'd be like, Pat. I just come didn't on, understand. Come it. on. There was nothing to understand. It was just a way for the staff to blow off steam and have some fun. And, and we'd have popcorn and do these really lame tricks. And just everybody got out of their office and had a little fun. So it wasn't, it, that I remember now, it wasn't on the air. It was no, something No, no, no. Yeah. We did it after, it was Parlor Trick Friday. Everybody in the You are so right about that. I would you never would participate, not, was you it? You never came. What a never, stick in the mud. You really just had no desire to even. No. And you never went to any after work parties or any of no. that. You never. Ever, no, I know. ever, ever. I know. I'm not know. trying to make you feel bad. Well, yeah, I don't. But is there a reason why you No, are... I don't. I've always wondered about that. Why, why aren't I... you very social with your coworkers? Well, I, uh, well, the, the part of me th- is thinks that uh, uh, there, there's a time for for work and then a time for your social life. And, and when you, when the two get intertwined, sometimes it doesn't work out so well. Well, wait a minute. What do you What do you mean? Well, I'm talking about office romances and things like that. Well, that's and, not what I'm talking well, about. I mean, it, it's a risk. Gee, it you could... sure, you skipped a few steps there. <laughs> well, I, I, we went from let's just have pizza with the gang to all of a sudden an office road. No, I, was... I, I I say there's no point to having pizza with somebody unless you're going to ultimately have <laughs> sex with them. <laughs> you know, I don't mean that, but. I don't well, know what I don't, I don't know what with I don't know what the psychosis is with me that I don't want to belong to organization. I don't want to take part well, in things. I only reason I was in the Boy Scouts is because my dad made me join the Boy Scouts. Here's what I wonder, and and I, I've known you for twenty years. Seems or longer something. though, doesn't it? It does, yeah. especially today. But I I always wonder, and people have asked me this: if you are, do you have a certain shyness to you? Oh yeah. And and I I've always told people that yes but isn't it's, it weird it's not that, that I say it's Pat it's not that Pat doesn't enjoy your company or I said he does he is a little bit shy I don't have confidence I, I I'm not that's not the way I am so much anymore right but at that time yeah, yeah I, I, know. I just felt oh, I'm going to say something stupid here. <laughs> everybody right. I'll I'll be exposed for the 
for the dummy the that fraud. I am, so I better not say anything. Yeah, right. I, I yeah. could get that feeling. Uh, for I'm my kind own, of afraid to. Myself. I'm kind of afraid to meet some of my big heroes, my right. like celebrities or right. authors and things, because I don't want. I want to say brilliant things to them right. if they're brilliant, right. and then. And the risk of, of coming across as a klutz or a dummy, uh, it, to me, is so palpable that I just yeah. assume not meet them. Yeah, and that's a common fear that a lot of people yeah. have, is that people will get found out. Yeah. But I already know the truth about you, and I'm still here. Well, that's true. <laughs> I don't know why, but but you are. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's interesting to explore that, what makes people the way they are. Yeah. Hey, um, let's, uh, let's switch gears, okay. if you don't mind. No, I don't at all. Uh, I wanted to play... Well, I, I won't do that now. Oh, will, no, let's do it. Well, do you want to do this? Yeah. Uh, this is something we did on the radio a long time ago. And this guy, and he's still around, I believe. He's probably performing at places like the, uh, you know, the Emerald Queen Casino and oh. some joints like that. Who are we talking about? Nightclub. We're talking about an artist by the name of Gene Pitney. Gene Pitney. And, uh, Sounds familiar, but... Yeah, he, he had a couple of big... His, uh, one of his uh, biggest songs actually was part of uh, the theme for a movie called... Gosh, I'm really in trouble here. You know that? Because here, I'll look it up. I really need my, I need my... I need glasses. This is one of those CDs oh, where the, where the print me. is so dang small. I'll read it. All right. But it's one of my all-time favorite movies, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Okay. And, and he's singing... Uh, the title song of it. Is that on that album? Yeah, it is. It's yeah. uh, uh, Cut 4. Cut 4, okay. The Man Who Shot Liberty Vale. You, he you, looks kind of... Um, Gene Pitney? He looks kind of gay, this guy, Well, in this picture. Well, <clears throat> he... Was he, he? I don't think so. Hey, I need that back because okay. of the, the, the... Wait a minute, where is the CD? I don't oh, even Oh, you already it. put it in, actually. I did? Yeah, you did. It says there's no disc it should there. We, we sh- it should already this is be running cute. smooth it as a top, isn't up. it? There we go, okay. Okay, so here it is, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Uh, 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 Jimmy Stewart was in that film. Yeah. He's believed to be the guy that shot him. By accident. When Liberty Valance rode to town, the women folk would hide. Spoiler alert, it was actually John Wayne that uh, shot Liberty Valance, who was played by uh, Lee Marvin. Because the point of a gun was the only law that liberty understood When it came to shooting straight and fast He, he was mighty good Or I was, I would say good Good uh, But do you notice something about his voice? His name is Gene Pitney And I thought he would be better named Gene Pitty Because it even comes through in that song Yeah, he's very whiny He's whiny Yeah yeah, that's exactly right. Because one of his other big hits was indeed called "A Town Without Pity," where he's really feeling sorry for himself. It's like every song he does is like, "Oh, poor me, poor me." This one really doesn't. So only those in love would know what a town without pity can do. See, with feeling, what's wrong with that? But they're all why the do same. You, songs are all have, like that. Why do you have to poop? Here's that? another one. Here's another example. They're all like this. This one's called It Hurts to Be in Love. It hurts to be in love. Well, it does. It does. 
not in love with you. <laughs> he kind of throws that I part know, away. Who's not in love with you? <laughs> and then, but this one, this tops them all. Uh, he's got other songs like She's a Heartbreaker. But this one is the most pitiable song maybe of all time. All right. Here it comes. It's called Looking Through the Eyes of Love. In the eyes of the world I'm a loser just wasting my time <laughs> I know. I can't make a dime in the eyes of the world So being passionate born was my first big mistake Come on, you hit the K there I can't get a break oh. However, there's this But in the eyes of my woman I stand like a hero, a giant A man who's as tall as can be like a giant. <laughs> Any fool can see Almost the same as looking through the eyes of a vodka, a couple yeah. of martinis. <clears throat> All right, I, I just uh, want to enter that into the record. Yeah, he is a little whiny, but yeah. you need songs like that. You need songs that have passion like that, because there's times don't you, don't you ever well, find when you get in a specialty. You you have to have you have to be in a mood to appreciate yeah, those yeah. kind of songs. Yeah, you're not right. you're not in the mood right now. You're just in a mocking mood. But I can no, I I can see there's I, I would be I would I think the reason I started listening to him and buying this records is because you know in, in when you're a teenager you spend a lot of time. Like Dwelling. the beach, like the Beach Boys song "In My Room." You know, you right. you, you want to go in, the, in there and just kind of yes, you be glum, and and so you purposely seek out the most downbeat themed songs you exactly. can because you want to feel like crap because exactly. you already do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you want to wallow. So you've been f flying around and doing uh, your, yeah, I've been the job in your other life. Traveling, traveling quite a bit. Any um, no, no outrageous um, incidents like the ones we've alluded to and you've told us about in the past? No, I've been getting along pretty well with most people on That's the airplane. Good. But I did, I, I was uh, flying home from eastern Washington. Uh, this was actually last month. Remember, we had really nice weather through oh boy, the, the beginning of October. Yeah. And um, I shared the story with you, but I thought it was kind of worth bringing up again. I was sitting next to, I sat down on the plane next to a very nice guy. And I usually say to people, are you going home or are you leaving? Because I just, you know, making conversation. You're, you're butting into their business. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I, of course, was coming home to Seattle, but he was leaving his home. And he said, nope, just, uh, just heading to Seattle. And he was checking the weather. And he said, wow, looks like the weather's been really great. And I said, yeah, it's actually been very warm. Uh, we had 70-degree weather well into October. 
Boy, and that sounds to me like just the <sighs> dullest conversation so far. Does it get better? It, it just is boring when you don't. I mean, you just. You no, know I'm, what kidding. I mean? I'm you're kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, I know. You're I like, know. oh yeah, the weather. Everybody, everybody has the weather in common. They can all. It's it's a it's exactly. a starting place. Exactly. Yeah. So he's looking at the weather, saying, "Yeah, it looks like it's great weather." I said, "Oh, I know. I just I'm so glad to get home, and it's going to be nice weather." So he goes, "Yep, it's really going to it's really going to affect the elk hunting this weekend." And I said, what? And he said, yep. When the weather's warm, elk hunting ain't great. And I said, and I don't know why I blurted this out, but I did. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm rooting for the elk. I always will remember, twas a year ago, November, I went out to hunt some deer on a morning bright and clear. I went and shot the maximum the game laws would allow, two game wardens, seven hunters, and a cow. And he just stopped talking to me for the rest of the the, the flight really that, yeah he could tell that ended that he could tell i just didn't didn't like the whole idea of hunting and 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 i sort of i didn't mean to blurt it out but i am rooting for the elk i don't want the elk to get shot and i don't want the deers to get shot and i don't want anything to get shot i was in no mood to trifle i took down my trusty rifle and went out to stalk my prey what a haul i made that day i tied them to my fender and i drove them home somehow two game wardens seven hunters and a cow now i had this very conversation with uh one of my friends who says I'm a hypocrite because I will go in to the store and if it's all wrapped up nice and pretty, he said to me, how do you think the cow got in that little shrink-wrapped wrapper? I've always wondered how said, that happens. And I said, I'd like to just think that the cow dropped dead and and of natural causes. Old age. <clears throat> old age. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, let's make good use of him. We don't want to throw it away. But you're, it's, he's right. I am a hypocrite. The cow did not drop dead of old age, it was killed. It was and be- I'm eating it. It was beamed over the head. And I'm eating it. Yeah. And that makes me a hypocrite. And I just wondered how you feel. I know you eat meat too. The law was very firm. It took away my permit. The worst punishment I ever endured. It turned out there was a reason. Cows were out of season. And one of the hunters wasn't insured. No. I, yes, I, you do. No, I just, I've eaten I, meat with you. No, I have stopped eating meat uh, as of uh, like four hours ago. I've not had <laughs> any meat for four hours. But, and, 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 you know, I, and I think about fishing. Is fishing bad? Do, you know, he, 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 my friend does catch and release. And I, I kind of even have a problem with that. Does how he do, do catch we know, and release with cows? How do we know that the hook doesn't hurt them? Who says? Somebody goes, oh, the hook doesn't hurt the fish. No, they I don't, don't know about that. that but and they crabs. say they have such primitive brains that they don't feel doesn't pain. doesn't matter. Later. That's not, no, I just, I don't think that can be true. That's that's the argument uh, is what I'm telling Same you. I don't with know crabs either. and boiling crabs and stuff. And I'm. Do you have crabs? <laughs> As of four hours ago, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, that's the uh, city slogan in Dungeness, by the way. So We ain't we... got lice, but we sure got crabs. <laughs> So what do you think? I know you don't hunt, but no. you know, that's hip. If I had to, if somebody said, all right, sweetie, if you want a steak or a hamburger, you're going to have to go get it yourself. I would do without. There's no way I could go you're get my to, own hamburger. You're willing to kill a radish though, or something like that. Yeah. I think it's the whole thing. And one of the reasons I think people uh, are ab- able to fish uh, with uh, enthusiasm is that when you, when you pull a fish out of the water on a hook, the fish isn't going, ah! 
say anything no they know yeah well what if they did well then that change the whole game deal that would change it for me that would be a different deal yeah Uh, but uh so the the elk hunting thing i think um oh they're just that's one thing i guess if you're hunting elk and and you and you're gonna eat it yeah um i mean i i'm okay with it i I don't i don't care i i I don't hunt and i killing ducks and killing pheasants and killing chickens and i just the way you're brought up my dad didn't hunt therefore i don't think i hunt now on the other hand my son cam that i talked about a moment ago that's in the army uh he's really i'm I'm not his biological dad but i've he's been in my life since he was like two years old right one year old and uh, and he loves to hunt. He goes hunting, and, and he and I never took Just him hunting. Just for the sport, not yeah. to not to, for I sustenance. Know. I don't know, but he's into it. When you go to his house, he's got that outdoor channel on all the time. Does and he have like heads guys, of things on his there's wall? There's guys gutting deer and stuff on oh, that channel all the time. God, I, I, I just say to him, I say this you this entertains you. He said, Oh yeah, this is great. This is really great. I saw a really cool one on here last week. Uh, guys uh, shot a, a razorback hog. Oh. It's like a wild pig. They shot it and then they, uh, then they skinned it and they, and they ate it. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. That's really good. And and you know what? I have to say it's thank a you. I have to say thank you to those guys because if they weren't willing to do it, I wouldn't have hamburger or wild hog or whatever else I. You know, hang my lip over. Yeah, well, it's an I'd be it's eating, an industry. I'd be eating potato chips and radishes. That's what I would be eating. Yeah, so, so you you don't mind killing potatoes? No, I just radishes. If I, I I anyway. Well, so, it's but, it's kind of an age old argument about that about that that stuff. I know, but if you you are you go to the store, you buy the meat, and then you eat the meat, right? And, uh, but what I can't understand it's all very clean and very sanitary, and I don't have to get my manicured hands dirty with it but there are hunters that that you know uh hunt just for the the fun of the hunt they don't they aren't doing it because they're wanting food right i did this uh did this interview with a couple of guys and i won't name them but they're car dealers and they're brothers and they um so we we did this interview with them and it was like eight in the morning and the the guy that was setting the interview up said hey i got a couple of tumblers of scotch here for these guys they like they like their scotch first thing in the nice. morning. Thought, oh, that's great. <laughs> so in the course of our conversation, I learned that these guys are keep wa- looking at their watches. Well, they got to go because they got to catch a flight. They're on their way to Venezuela, I believe, because they're going to go hunting in Venezuela. And I'm thinking, well, you got nothing to hunt around here? Why do you go to Venezuela? They go down in there. Well, maybe they hunt all over the world. They go to Africa. Maybe the laws are different because we have some. You well, know, things, maybe I don't know things you shouldn't be killing around here. Maybe in Venezuela you can hunt whatever you want. And it really turns them on. They like it. So yeah, well, to each his own, I guess. But yeah, uh, then I saw this big picture on the uh, Seattle Times a couple weeks ago. Yeah, uh, of a guy ho- holding a a, a big. I know. Octopus. I know. This that has, he captured this off made, of Alki. This made people insane in the last couple of weeks. Everybody has been talking about this story. Well, you know why? Because I think it, it has the, the revelation in it, and I had no idea that it is legal to hunt octopus in Washington, it, which implies that maybe it's not legal to hunt it in other coastal areas. But uh, this guy, you can you can get one a day, I think it said. Wow. Uh, and... Uh, and it's legal. Yeah, one a day. 
And uh, they say the populations of these uh, animals are believed to be healthy, so they're not in danger. I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade. I do wonder why people were so outraged by this when we catch fish every single day and yeah. we hunt other things every single day. What is it about? And I've eaten octopus. What too, is it about so the octopus that made people so upset? And not that I'm, I'm. Trust me, I was rooting for the octopus, not this guy. I know. But it I, just, it was interesting to me that this made the front page. It was everywhere on on Facebook. People right. just really upset and i'm thinking really why this this is no different than anything else we're allowed to kill around this, this here this guy that that got this octopus is is shown standing with it and and then he's there there's a guy uh, a diving instructor uh that is uh, con- confronting him about well, why why did you kill this octopus uh, it might have something to do with the size of it. This is a big, a giant big, octopus. Yeah, and, and And we tend, uh, well, deer obviously would be an exception, but I think we tend to revere things the bigger they are. You right, know, right. Like everybody wants to save the whales. The whales, correct. You know, not, not that many people are in line to save the spiders or the ants. It, it, it is a really good question on why are some lives more valued than others? Well, we anthropomorphize stop. a lot, I I've, think, I will and relate stop. to things that, that are Maybe. They're, they're somewhat like us, although uh, I've been told when I was uh, you know, in college that I was all hands. I know I didn't have eight of them. <laughs> I'll bet you did. <laughs> like this But octopus. I will. I'll stomp a spider to death and not really care. And, and, you know, would I stomp a, you know. Isn't an octopus just a giant spider that lives under the sea? I don't know. Mm. And But some people say we... we are a little more um, connected with things that have faces, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So spiders, so octopus don't really have. Is well, it if octopus you really, or octopi? Well, that's a that's the plural. Octop- Octopies. Octopi. And have you ever had an octopi? Delicious. Course, I've had a moon pie. Well, similar, similar. Uh, they, um, it, if you really get down close. To a spider, you'll see they have cute little faces. I am not ever gonna get down close to a spider. People ask me how I do it, and I say there's nothing to it. You just stand there looking cute, and when something moves, you shoot. And there's ten stuffed heads in my trophy room right now. Two game wardens, seven hunters, and a purebred Guernsey cow. Thanks for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration.